Welcome to the Beltway Broadcast, the premier podcast for the workplace learning and talent development professionals of the Association for Talent Development's Metro DC chapter. We've got some great resources in store for you today. Hello, fellow ATDers. I'm Leticia Niago, the 2021 Vice President of Learning for the Metro DC chapter of the Association for Talent Development. And I'm Christina Eanes, the 2021 Director of Virtual Programs. Hey, everyone. I'm Stephanie Hubka, the Vice President of Finance. We also have Halida Hodges, Director of Technology and Operations, as our producer. For this episode, we are interviewing leadership coach, speaker, master facilitator and consultant, and founder of Lee Comerford Consulting. Welcome, Lee. Thank you so much. It's wonderful to be here with you. And what an amazing panel we have today. Thank you. We're so glad to have you. Before we jump into our topic, cognitive diversity, please share a little bit about yourself with our listeners. Absolutely. Very happy to. So everyone, my name is Lee Comerford. And um, as Leticia did uh, explain, I am a leadership coach, master facilitator, speaker, and learning and development consultant. I've spent years uh, focusing on the world of learning and development and had the pleasure of starting my own business uh, officially uh, about 14 months ago. And through that time, have really just expanded to have an opportunity to work with busy professionals who struggle with leadership confidence. And not that they're not confident people, uh, but that they have some gaps and some skill sets that they would like to improve. So I work with them to help with better delegation, communication, building those strategic relationships so that they can land that next job promotion, find comfort in their existing role, uh, spend more time with family and friends, or let's face it, work-life balance, just have time to get to the gym, right? (laughs) Yes, I can tell a lot of people can relate. Let's tap into some of your expertise, cognitive diversity. First, can you tell us what your background in coaching has told you about its correlation with being a successful professional? Yeah, I think I think that's a great question. And for me, it's it's all about the fact that you don't have to have all of the answers. By having trust in your team, the people that you're working with, um, holding them in a space of being whole, resourceful, capable, and creative, you give the opportunity for support to other people. You encourage them. And ultimately, it uh, provides the opportunity for them to hold you in a, in a different level of regard. Uh, they're going to be respecting you when you show up in that particular manner. So uh, I've really led and, and live that, that slogan, I guess you can say, of whole, resourceful, capable, and creative. Um, something that's, that's really important when I was going through coach training and something that I do today. Very interesting. Now, cognitive diversity is a concept that has an important layer of diversity when it comes to thought processes. Can you explain to our talent development community what it is? Absolutely. Cognitive diversity, and we hear diversity all the time, right? Uh, This is one aspect of diversity, and it's, it's in how we think differently than other people. And to take it a step deeper, we can look at thinking agility. So it's that 
shifting our thinking when and how a situation requires it. So not just approaching everything with our normal patterning of thinking, but realizing that if we shift our thinking just a bit, we have the ability to be more successful in what we're doing and meet people where they are. Nice. One of the things that you've talked about before in some of the sessions that you held that I attended is the Herman's Whole Brain Model. And it has four unique thinking styles. Can you talk to us about that model and tell us some of the differences in these styles? Oh, I'm very happy to. Yes, the whole brain thinking model. Uh, It's a four quadrant model. Uh, So we're all familiar with many different assessment tools that are out there. Uh, This is also four quadrants, four colors. And to explain those different quadrants and the preferences within those quadrants, um, I'll walk you through each individually. So the first is uh, the blue quadrant. So we're going to we're going to talk about colors today. Uh, So the first is the blue quadrant. And this think about characteristics of being very logical, analytical critical thinking, um, quantitative, numbers-based, knows how things work, for instance. Um, If you can think of someone who has a uh, a high desire for working in spreadsheets uh, and, and having data and numbers, this is someone who likely has a high preference in the blue quadrant. So, uh, Letitia, as we're talking through these, I would love for the panel to share with me, oh, that's me, that's me, or nope, not at all. (laughs) Well, that one is not me, but yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, is the blue quadrant resonating with anyone here today? I'm married to one. (laughs) (laughs) The color codes, the spreadsheets. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I have just a bit of it, I think, if I were to be truthful. (laughs) Yeah, you know, and and that's what's going to be interesting. I'm really glad you said that um, because we are all whole brained. There are characteristics in each of these quadrants that can resonate with you. And if you were to complete the actual assessment, you may find that you have a high preference in more than one quadrant. And that is absolutely okay. (laughs) So let's move on. We're going to talk about the green quadrant now. And the green quadrant is all about being organized sequential, a planner, uh, someone who does things in order because that is technically the way they should be done. Think process and procedure. So I'm happy to share a little bit about me. I am very high in the green quadrant and it's because I really like to get things done and in a very specific order. So anyone else here? Speaking to the green quadrant. Yes, yes, and yes, I relate completely. A little bit on my side here. (laughs) Okay. All right. Well, there's two more to go. So let's, let's see where, where these fall. So the third is the red quadrant and the red quadrant is all about your feeling self. That's emotional as well. So uh, think interpersonal, feeling based, kinesthetic, um, and intuitive of people reading the room. So concerned about bringing others along with them. 
So when I think of the red quadrant, I think of, um, you know, someone who, who also just really enjoys to talk. So back when we all used to be in offices, and this was a common thing, um, <laughs> think of the person who would stop you every Monday morning and ask, how was your weekend? Or when you bumped into them at the, at the water fountain, what we call the water cooler, right? Um, they would stop and say, how's your day? What's going on? Um, this is a person who has a gift of gab. And they're always wanting to talk and connect. So how is this one resonating with this group? (laughs) Every report card ever says, talks too much in class. (laughs) I think we found one for you, Chris. (laughs) I love it. Anyone else? You know, I, I, I feel like I talk a lot, but I feel like not so much from the emotional side. Isn't it interesting to hear how certain things resonate and certain things are like, huh, I don't know if that's me. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's see about our last quadrant. Uh, This is the yellow quadrant. And here we are looking at holistic thinking, uh, intuitive of thoughts and ideas, integrating synthesizing. Um, A way that I also like to refer to this is um, a leader that I had many years ago, and we would refer to him as, goodness, he just stays up in the clouds. So it's that big picture, uh, the person who's always looking at that future vision. And we struggled to to get him to think about, all right, well, what do we need to do to get us there? Uh, Because he just wanted to stay up in that ideation and that thinking area. So who is resonating with the yellow quadrant here? I've got some of that, for sure. Yeah, I relate to. Yeah. <laughs> That's a hundred percent me. <laughs> I am so. I am just very yellow. I think Aww. I love being up in the clouds and the featuring and all of that. Totally me. Yep, I can. I can see the smile on your face right now. Just in I your bet voice. You can. <laughs> So, so these are the four quadrants. And, and again, depending on, well, once you take the assessment, you have the ability to learn where you have a primary preference, secondary preference, and in some cases, a tertiary preference. And what's fun to look at with these is a primary is you know this about yourself and likely others around you are going to know it too. A secondary preference is that you've got... Um, You've got some tendencies, some natural thinking, but it may take a little bit of energy in order to get some things accomplished in those particular quadrants. Now, the real fun one is tertiary, and this is when you could actually be avoiding the characteristics of that quadrant. It is just not you. So, um, I like to I like to play with the blue quadrant with this one. It's like people who truly do not like to do research or data or numbers and spreadsheets um, that that show up as a as a tertiary preference here. They're like, yeah, just don't take me there. I will lose my mind is what I hear from people um, who have a, a tertiary preference. So these are just a few elements of the model. And I've sort of talked around it, but not, I've not been specific. So just to clarify, this is a thinking style model. Uh, thinking is at the core of who we are, and ultimately what we do. So that thinking can lead to personality and behavior, but it is a thinking style assessment. And it's based on just that thinking, not competency or skill. So even though I may be very competent at spreadsheets, 
it may not be something that that gives me energy. So that may be an area, uh, for instance, that just one characteristic of the blue quadrant could could cause me to actually have to stretch if I'm going to spend a lot of time building spreadsheets and and working through the formulas and all the different things that that our lovely Excel spreadsheets do to us. That's a great example, and it makes complete sense to me. Thanks for sharing that and explaining this in this way. Abs- absolutely. So why do you think it's important for professionals to identify which style is most dominant for them and how they can pick up on clues that others may offer or give off? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So it's important for us to, to know our own so that we can show up in a way that, um, that helps us. And I'll talk about that in just a second. Um, so I've just explained different characteristics for the quadrant. So as you are beginning to identify, ooh, that's me or that's not me, it also gives you the ability to pick up on clues of other people. So just like Chris said, oh yeah, I'm married to one uh, in the blue quadrant. She was picking up on those clues and characteristics of the blue quadrant. So um, so if Chris is going to have a very important conversation, she's likely going to not approach it from her primary preference of thinking, but approach it from her husband's so that she can be more successful in that communication. Um, Another story that I have, and yes, I'm picking on the blue quadrant one more time, um, but just because it's so much fun. (laughs) Uh, But I had a a manager um, back when I sat in corporate and I walked in for, I was early on in this position and I walked in for a one-on-one and I had been doing these amazing things. I'd only been on board about 60 days. And uh, I was sharing with them all of these amazing accomplishments that, that we had brought to life uh, since, I, since I started. And I was all about the connection. And I had my bullet points. And, and he just looked at me like, oh, what are you doing? And I thought, okay, something, something's not right here. I've got great information. And he's not responding. So after the meeting... I started asking a few people and they said, you've not taken the HBDI yet, have you? I said, "Huh, no, Let, I think I need to do that. And once I did, um, I learned, of course, my own style, which made perfect sense. Um, but as I was hearing everybody else say, he's off the chart blue. Uh, you need to go in with charts and graphs and numbers and data. And from, from there, you'll be successful. So I went in for my next one-on-one. Uh, But I sent him an email uh, a day or two ahead and just shared, here's some of the things that I've been working on. Really excited to have a conversation with you. Uh, I'll see you for our one-on-one. And I walk in and it is a completely different situation. I ask if he has any questions about the report that I sent. Floodgates opened. He's sharing. He's asking. He's celebrating. So it was a very different situation, but it's because I stretched into the quadrant that was most dominant for him. I get it. Speaking their language, that usually yeah. works. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, absolutely. Now, how would you say understanding cognitive diversity can help talent development professionals and really all professionals work more efficiently? Yeah, this is really across the board. You know, it's called whole brain thinking uh, for a reason, and it's because we can apply this to our entire lives, to everything that we do. So when you start to to think about the quadrants and you think how you approach things on a daily basis and you realize, wow, and I'll pick on myself again because it's just fun to do that. Um but I approach things, you know, from the from the green quadrant and from the red quadrant uh, naturally. 
So when I'm getting ready to work with a a larger group or even one-on-one with someone else, I'm starting to pick up on those clues. Um, But I also realize when I create a communication, when I create a presentation, I'm creating that with elements of all four quadrants so that I can be successful. So that's one of the many elements uh, that I actually work with teams and individuals on and how they can improve their communication skills. And communication is not just verbal. Communication, as we know, is written as well as in presentation. That's a great uh, segue into my next question, which Ah. is actually... um, (laughs) Very interesting. From your perspective, can you provide an example of how cognitive diversity benefits teams or organizations, but from a strategic point of view? Absolutely. Absolutely. Just as we've talked about um, the characteristics for an individual, which is what I was describing, um, the whole brain model also has very specific characteristics for an organization. So when you're thinking about how an organization can be successful, there's an activity that we work with groups, uh, with, with leadership teams. And just as you would on your own, you find gaps of maybe, oh, I'm not showing up in the yellow quadrant at all, or I'm not showing up in the, in the blue quadrant as much as I'd like to. We begin to identify for an organization where they have gaps, where are they spending the majority of their time and where are they not spending time? And this very quickly identifies areas for for improvement or at least for conversation uh, to decide, should we be shifting our focus a bit based on the goals and the mission and vision of the organization? I love it. The idea of focusing on diversity from a thought process standpoint is is really clear because we work with different people and it's really about how we all think and we don't all think alike clearly. That's absolutely correct. Yeah. So that's organization. And then for teams, there's also a very specific um, opportunity to look at, you know, what do I bring to the team and uh, diagnosing stakeholders as well. So uh, quite a few different um, activities that really help to break this out and identify gaps and opportunities for uh, for those aha moments of, wow, we, we might want to be shifting a little bit. Um, and actually, a team I was just working with last week, uh, we had everybody take the, the assessment and we brought forward a collective set of reports back to the blue quadrant, um, but we brought forward a set of collective reports about the team. And we were able to see, is this a whole brain thinking team or are we hiring folks who are very like-minded, like like thinkers? And how might we stretch when there's only one person or maybe no one who has a high preference in a particular quadrant? How are we going to make up for that? So we talk about um, strategies and techniques uh, to help them very intentionally stretch into those other quadrants when it's needed in order to be successful. Wow, this is really thought through. I love it. Now, Lee, can you tell us if a leader or a learning partner from our talent development community is interested in bringing this type of assessment to their organization, mm-hmm. what are some things that they should consider? Yeah, I think, I think my first question, it goes back to needs assessment. Why are they looking to do this? 
Uh, it can be as simple as we want to bring self-awareness. We want to bring a heightened level of, of teamwork. Uh, we want our organization uh, to be thriving in all areas. So it's the what do you want to accomplish? And from there, we would talk about how whole brain thinking and this model can actually help them achieve that. Excellent. Are you ready for rapid fire? Oh, rapid fire. Yes. All right, let's do it. <laughs> I love rapid fire. Let's do it. <laughs> ooh, ooh. No, I'm kidding. Um, so at the end of every episode, we like to ask our guest five rapid fire style questions. Each question requires less than 60 seconds to respond. Mm. Okay. Do you cut me off if I keep talking? Yes. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) No. All right. So here's the first one. Okay. Give us one book that all talent development professionals must read and why. Oh, I do love that. Um, I'm not sure I can narrow it to one. So I guess I'm going to talk fast. Um, (laughs) The first that comes to mind is um, Brene Brown. We we all love Brene, right? Yep. Uh, And it's, it's Dare to Lead. And it's because if we um, are not stepping forward from a place of vulnerability and self-awareness, we're likely not showing up the way that we want to. So Dare to Lead is a huge one for me. You know, how do we step into the arena? Um, How are we showing up vulnerably as well? Um, The other is 15 Invaluable Laws of Growth. Um, being a coach and, and being in the world of, of L&D for, for years, having that self-awareness and that opportunity for reaching potential is huge for me. And so 15 Invaluable Laws of Growth from John Maxwell is another one that I would say is critical for every person to read. Nice. I love it. Yeah, I've read, uh, I read the first one. I'll, I'll read mm-hmm. the second one. Ah, <laughs> highly recommend it. And it is hard to choose. I completely yeah. understand. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so give us one tool that you recently learned about and immediately started using. Absolutely. Um, You know, this is one that I actually just um, worked with a group yesterday and did a keynote. And one of the things that they had introduced to their group over this six-month leadership development program um, were how to build habits. And um, and so my new uh, tool is Tiny Habits. If anybody, that's another book, I guess you can say. So there's three. I know. (laughs) Yes. So you know when I you know when I this I will that. So um, so it's after I you know, and I loved his example. After I brush my teeth, I will floss one tooth. Well, I hope we continue to floss. I just want to question (laughs) that one. I'm not, I'm like, why did you stop? But it's also the um, tiny habits. So beginning to do things in tiny ways, because when we, when we try to step into something so big, it's overwhelming. I'm going to go to the gym six days a week, right? (laughs) Like that's going to happen. So I'm going to go to the gym two days a week. And when I go three or four, boom, I celebrate. And back to, um, back to, to his book, it's the, I'm awesome. You know, you celebrate after yeah. each thing because that celebration is going to continue to motivate you and move you forward to wanting to continue that habit. I love it. Yep. Big fan of uh, his work <laughs> as well. Oh, okay. So what is the best piece of either career or talent development related mm-hmm. advice that you've ever been given? Yeah, at some point, and I, and I don't even remember when this was, um, but it's that you create your own look. Mm-hmm. And I share that with other people in, in a slightly different way. I use different words. And um, I, 
I express to folks, you're the CEO of your own development. No one else is going to do it for you. Um, but I took that that early lesson of you make your own luck to it's up to you. Mm. So Absolutely. be the CEO of your own development. I love it. <laughs> and life, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Nice. What uh, are you excited about that's coming up in the next year? Oh, goodness. Um, so I'm going to backtrack us just a little bit, but then I'll take it forward. Sure. Um, so from a professional perspective, uh, and also, I guess, personal, uh, I had the pleasure of attending um, the ATD 21 out in Salt Lake City. And oh my gosh, it was amazing to get back to networking in person. Mm. And so I, I think, you know, to, to talk about that and to think forward to May in Orlando. And again, it's, it's getting back with my tribe and having opportunities to continue to network and share and help others grow. Uh, from a true personal perspective, I've got a fun trip coming up in December. I'm going to go to Hawaii for a week and Yay. I'm thrilled about that. It's, it's my first trip to Hawaii. So Aww. excited about that opportunity. Fun. I love it. Okay. Final question. All right. What is the one thing within our ATD community that you're deeply grateful for right now? Oh, goodness. Um, I think it's the fact that we have so many amazing opportunities that are now available. You know, we we were doing things, you know, I think before COVID and the pandemic, um, we were all kind of running in circles a little bit, somewhat that, that you know, hamster on a, on a wheel. And we've all had an opportunity to slow down and shift our thinking, shift the way that we do things. And now things can be done in so many new, amazing, innovative ways. So it's new opportunities that were not there before. I love it. That's how we met because everything's virtual. So yes, (laughs) lots of opportunities. I love it. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Oh, Lee, thank you so much for stopping by. We're so happy you joined us today and shared your wisdom with our listeners. Thank you. It was an absolute pleasure to be here with you. And thank you to my co-hosts as well. It's been so much fun. Yeah, I have really enjoyed today's conversation and getting some of your insights. I am so excited to to start applying some of them. I'm also really excited to find out that my color may be yellow. <laughs> you've given me so much to think about. I think you've given us all something to think about. It's been wonderful. Oh, well, good. I'm so glad you're taking some some tidbits away. That's what Absolutely. it's all about. And many thanks to our community for listening. Before you go, we have a message from our producer, Helena Hudges. Membership in the Metro DC ATD provides you with multiple benefits to enhance your career. Not a member yet? What are you waiting for? Go to dcatd.org forward slash membership application to join our chapter today. Check out dcatd.org for upcoming chapter events, learning programs, member benefits, and so much more.